to celebrate what God has done for us and to be reminded sometimes, you know, we need to, I love communion because communion is all about God says remember. And we need to remember what God has done for us and not just walk through life because sometimes the enemy wants us to feel powerless and abandoned and alone. But if we just remember that God has been with us while we were yet sinners, he said, he died for us. While we was in the muck and the mire, God died for us, and he absolutely loved us. So when the enemy's telling us all those kind of lies, we can remind him, my Savior, my Lord, my King is Jesus. Amen? And he has loved me from the very beginning. He will always. What he says, I love you with an everlasting love that never, ever stops. Everybody says it never, ever stops. You know, people may walk away, and they may stop loving us, but God's love never stops. And so we're so glad for uh, all of our guests, if there's any first-time guests here, can you just wave your hands? Your first-time guests in the house, in this house, amen? Oh, so glad to have you, so glad to have you here. And on the behalf of our pastor and our church, we would love to just say welcome, welcome, welcome. And we just want to invite you to come back at any time to celebrate with us, to rejoice, to worship with us. And we're just glad that God brought you here this morning. We believe that no one comes in here by accident. We believe that God has led you here, and we believe that he's a purposeful God. So when he brings you, it's because he has something for you. And so we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that whatever it is that you need, that God would supply that very need. And it may be something unspoken that you have not said out loud, but I thank God I've learned about God. He knows my heart, and he knows what I'm asking for when no one knows, and he has met my needs. And so right now we're going to call up our dear Larry, and he has an exhortation for us this morning. Good morning. Uh, my exhortation is uh, titled Through It, and uh, I wanted to give a definition about the word it. One of the definitions of, of it is it means a crucial or climatic point. So here's my exhortation through it. Through it, the cross. Through it, O oh Lord, on the cross, you take my shame. Through it, O oh Lord, on the cross, you took the blame. You were misunderstood, outcasted, and rejected by man. But this was all a part of your glorious plan. Jesus, you declared unto the Father, it is not my will, but yours be done. You would not hide and you would not run. You counted up all the costs and knew what it would take to save the lost. Through it, the persecution, with all the struggle and pain, it is through the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ that my sins will be washed away. And I do not have to live this wretched life in dismay. But I know that your love is real because of your sacrifice on the cross that was displayed. Through it, the resurrection. They took your body and laid it in the grave, rolled a stone at the entrance and sealed it away. But little did they know it was all about to change. You shocked your servants as you appeared to them fully alive. Even when they doubted, you showed the piercing in your hands inside. Through it, the resurrection, I can have hope and joy. This is not a crafty scheme or a secret ploy. Through it, the resurrection, I am a new creation in him. The old is gone and the new lives within. The resurrection sounds like an impossible feat to achieve, to boast, and to claim. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? I stand and ask boldly, what other God can claim? They raised themselves from the grave, defied death, and rose again. There is only one to make this claim, and I will tell you his name. 
I am the Lord Jesus of Nazareth, the anointed one and true risen king, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. just stories you know how you watch something on tv and you and it can either be horrific to you or you know you can watch a horror story you can watch these things that that we look at but to me the most horrific thing is to know that my jesus who did no sin he took and paid my cost and it's horrific to see what happened to him but it's an amazing love right that someone would die for you that's an amazing love and I just thought about that song that says, just for me. Jesus did it just for me. If there was nobody else in this room, you guys, he would do it just for you. <laughs> because that's how much he loves you. He would do it just for you. Take all that. It was the blood was sacrificed as was needed to wipe away our sins. And he would do it just for any one of us. But he did for the sins of the whole world. 
we heard Larry, and I hope they put it up again, coming from uh, Revelations 1, 17 through 18, where it lets us know that uh, the scripture that he was reading, and it says, um, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if dead, okay? And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead, and behold... I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Such a powerful verse, such a, a powerhouse to us if we just really grab what he's saying, that I have the keys of hell and death. I have the keys of what was going to bind us up. I have the keys that was what was going to do us in. Remember, our, our, our punishment, our judgment was death, death forevermore. We wasn't supposed to come back from it, you guys. But thank God we rise from death because Jesus rose from death. And I love that scripture because, you know, I thought about Jesus finishes exactly what he starts. A lot of hope is lost in this world because promises are broken, right? People say they're going to do something, and then they don't do it. And there's no follow-through. And so all of a sudden, you just stop feeling hopeful because people are saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'll never do this again. But there's no follow-through. But with Jesus Christ, he is a promise keeper. And that's what I'm so excited about. And what I love about it is that Jesus went all the way through. You know how we can boast about something that we're going to do? I'm going to love you forever. But then you do something to me and I'm like done or you're done right but Jesus said I love you with everlasting love and he meant it no matter if we were good bad no matter our bad day our good day our cussing day our drinking day our whoring day Jesus loves us forever and he doesn't he doesn't stop at that so when he started this plan of salvation I thought about if it was me come on if it was me or any of us in the flesh he started he made a great boast that for God so loved the world that he gave us to die for us but but I thought about how God had already, um, with, with Noah, he had already destroyed the earth, bought the earth back, back again, gave it another chance, gave it another chance for us to do the same thing, right? And I was thinking to myself, you know, us, we would have kind of like got fed up with it, all right? We're all the almighty God, and we're giving, giving you, you know, the sun, the, the very air you breathe. We could say, uh-uh, done with it. But that, he wasn't done with us, you guys. And he made this plan of salvation that even though he flooded the earth, he let people come back, and then he had this plan already made out because he already knew what we was going to do and so he had a plan made out that he would die for us but he didn't stop because some of us would get so mad at the very fact I'm healing you I'm delivering you and now I'm gonna go to the cross for you some of us say done if the power was in our hands we would have said done but Jesus finishes what he started, that he went all the way to the cross. He didn't just boast of a great plan of salvation. He finished the plan of salvation. He didn't just talk about it. He did something about it. Real love. And then I thought about it. He was God. He was God. He finished it. But he was really even though he was in flesh, he was God Almighty. He didn't have to take the nails in his hands. He didn't have to do that. But what he did, he did something, and he put on this flesh so that he could relate with us. So that when we say we're hurting, he says, I know I've been there too. When we, he says, he, he, we say we've been abandoned, I know because I've been there too. When we say we're rejected, I know because I've been there too. I mean, he didn't have to do that, but he did. He finished it, and then he went all the way to the cross. 
But then that wasn't the finish of it. He had to go to the grave. And he went all the way to the grave. And then he didn't finish it there. He did exactly what he said he would do. He said, three days later, I'll rise again. Three days later, I'm going to get up. And why am I going to get up? Because I need you to know the power of the resurrection. I need you to know that no matter what comes against you, that you're able to get up from it. And I need to talk to somebody this morning that is hopeless, somebody that's feel like they're caught up in, somebody that's feel like they're tied up into something. God has untied you through the blood of the cross, through the power of the cross. He is saying, get up from there, not by your own strength, but by my might, by what I did on the cross. God is saying you can get out of that place that you don't want to be in. You can get out of that addiction that you have. You can get out of that pain that you have. You can get out of those things that you keep doing over and over and over and say, I can't help it. You can't do it by yourself, but through Christ who got up. Somebody needs to know this morning that you can get up and you need to believe it. And ours is our, our theme this morning is believe through it. You can go through it. Jesus had to go through it to finish it. You got to go through it. But guess what? He said it is finished. And because he said it is finished, everything that's holding us now, it is finished over our life through the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Three days later, you rose to save the world, and I'm so glad you did it. Yes, I'm so glad you rose. Said three days later, you rose to save the world. You defeated death, defeated the enemy. Said three days later, you rose to save the world, and I'm so glad you did it. I'm so glad you rose. Said three days later, you rose to save the world. You defeated death. You defeated death. Defeated the enemy. Defeated, defeated the, the enemy. enemy. Sing it with me. Three days. Three days later. You rose to save the world. I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you rose. I'm so glad you rose. Three days. You rose to save the world. You defeated death, yeah, you yeah. Defeated, death. defeated the enemy. Defeated the enemy. Three days. Days yeah, oh. Rose to save the world. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad that you rose. Three days, later, Three days later, you rose. You defeated death. You defeated death. Defeated the enemy. Defeated the enemy. And the price you paid it. 
my life. You save me, you save me, you save me, my God save me. Oh, said the price. My life. You save me, you save me, you save me. Oh, said the price. My life, you save me, you save me, you save me. Oh, said the price of my life, yeah. You save me, you save me, you save me. Yes, you did, said the price. Oh my life You save me You save me You save me Cause three days later You rose to save the world And I'm so glad you did I'm so glad you rose Three days later, think about it. You rose to save the world. You defeated death. You defeated death. Come on. He defeated the enemy. Think about that. He defeated it all. And he did it for us. He did it for you, for me, and for all those that would accept his sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. He could have did it any other way. He could have just spoken, but he chose to come and to suffer through the crucifixion and to die for you and I, that we could have an opportunity, amen, to know God and to be in relationship with him and not only that, but to have the opportunity to spend eternity with him. That's the prize. And we thank God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you right now. We thank you for your grace and your goodness. We thank you for the sacrifice, God, that you made for all mankind. That all we need to do is just to trust you and believe you and accept you and what it is you've done for us. Lord, that we might have the power to overcome temptations and trials in this life God and not only so but Lord to spend our eternity with you I ask you Lord to speak to our hearts here this morning God as we come Lord recognizing this resurrection Sunday God hallelujah how you you've taken on so much for us Lord that we would give our lives back to you we would celebrate and we would recognize and honor and appreciate what it is that you've done for us what you've made available for us, even when we were yet unworthy. Lord, while we were still steeped in our own sin, but yet you looked beyond those things, God, and you knew that we needed salvation. And you made a way, God, that we could, we could be redeemed from the fall. So we thank you. We thank you, God. We honor you. Lord, we lift you up in Jesus' name. Speak to our hearts today. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Amen. Thank God for everyone that's here and 
for those that are joining us online, we just, again, want to just continue to lift up the name of Jesus. You know, as we're watching the video, you know, and seeing, you know, as always, you know, I remember when the first time I saw the video, it was just, it was so hard to, and even now, just to imagine, you know, the, the sacrifice and the pain and the, the, the punishment that he endured for, for us. Amen. And then to see, you know, the depiction of him rising, raising up and walking out of that tomb. Victorious. Having taken away the power uh, of sin and death in the grave. Amen. So that now we can grab hold of what he made available to us. Amen. That we might be able to walk free from sin. And not only that, but to have, again, the opportunity to spend time in eternity with him. Amen. So we're glad to see everyone that's here. Amen. I just think about the word of God itself. You know, as Pastor Linda was saying, our, our message this morning is we believe through it. And, you know, how many of us have know that we've been through some things? I think everybody in here has been through something. Maybe you might be going through something right now. You know, I've heard it said that either you, 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 you know, you're about to go through, you're going through, Amen. Either way, you might get a little break in between, but there's always something that comes, amen, that challenges us and, and tries us and tries our faith, even as believers, amen, where are we going to stand? Are we going to believe God, amen, through the most difficult seasons of our lives, amen, or are we just going to throw in the towel? He didn't throw in the towel. I mean, he held on and he believed for us. You know, he, he believed and trusted in that, amen, and because of what he did, we have the opportunity. I want you to look with me in Romans, the fifth chapter. And starting at the first verse, we're going to look at the first four verses in that chapter. And it says, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, it's not by our doing, amen, but by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him means through his resurrection, through his crucifixion and resurrection, says, through whom we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of God's glory. Not only this, now here it is, not, he said not only this. I mean, we got that hope because of what he did, we have hope. Amen, but he said not only this, but we also rejoice in sufferings. Let me see by your hands how many of y'all rejoice in suffering. I think I'm in good company because I don't rejoice in suffering. But the Bible says when we have an understanding, we can, we can rejoice in suffering. But he didn't stop there. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance character and character hope. So when we go through something, amen, it's going to do one of two things. It's going to build our character. Or if we're not going through it right, it will destroy our character. It will take away from us. Because we, if we don't grab hold of him, amen, so we need to realize, amen, that going through, a lot of times when we're going through things, we, we wonder, well, why I got to go through this? And the Lord just might be saying, you need some strength in this area because there's more to come. And I want to build you up, what he said, endurance and character. And the King James, those verses read like this, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access through into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of God, hope of the glory of God. Now we, we're hoping to be able to walk in that glory that he has made available to us as we stand on these words and, and, and apply them to our lives. Amen. 
He said it not only so, but we also glory in tribulation. Now, the other one said suffering. Now, this one says tribulations. We glory in tribulation. And I, you know, that in tribulation just sounds like a hard place to be. <laughs> it just sounds like a hard place that no one wants to be. But he's saying that, that you know, we glory in it. How many of us are just, you know, just praising God for our tribulation? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And just enjoying it and you just want everybody to know you're going through. Most of the time, we don't want people to know we're going through. But he said, you know, glory in it. He said, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience. Uh-oh, there's that, you know, a, a different word there, experience. How many of us have experienced things that we wish we didn't have to experience? But going through it, we learn from what? The experience. If we hadn't gone through the experience, we would have gotten, received the knowledge. Amen. So he says experience, amen, and that experience brings hope, especially when we're holding on to God, knowing, you know what? I've experienced that, but it was him that gave me the strength. It was him that carried me through. It was him that I looked to. That was my, my bedrock, what I stood on. Amen. Believing what? Believing through it. Not quitting, not stopping, not giving up. Amen. But believing through the situation always. And when we look at, you know, those, those last two verses in the Amplified, the Amplified really, what, amplifies it. You know, it takes it, you know, it just really adds to what, what the the. The writer is trying to say here, as Paul was writing this, amen, the Amplified just kind of throws in all those extra adjectives and those things that just expound on what he was saying. And the third verse said, moreover, let us also be full of joy now. He didn't say later. You know, sometimes we want to be when it's over. But I think about the, we used to sing a song, said, don't wait till the battle is over. But what? Shout now. Rejoice now. Right? Why are you in it? Rejoice. So I look at this. He said, let us also rejoice, be full of joy now. Let us exalt and, and triumph. Wow. In our troubles. Amen. He said, and rejoice in our sufferings. In the suffering. In the, in the middle of it. Rejoice. He said, let us do this, is what he's telling us, knowing that pressure Ooh. See, I could just work on each one of them words. Pressure. We don't, we don't like to be on, under pressure. Amen. You got, you got marital pressure. You got financial pressure. You got pressure on your job. What do they usually call it? Stress. When you're under pressure, you feel stressed. Amen. But, but he's telling us, amen, that there's something good that can come out of this. He said, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience. And unswerving endurance. In other words, the pressure and all those things that he, he spoke about, the, the affliction and the hardship, is producing something in me and producing something in you. Remember, see, we don't want to wait for the production to finish. Right? We want to get out halfway through. Amen. And now it's like a cake unturned. Not good for much of anything. Amen. But we got to allow it to work on us and allow it to come to full fruition. Just like Christ, amen, when he went to the cross. Going to the cross was a journey. You know, when he got to the place, amen, when the night before they were going to take him, he, he went into the garden to pray with his disciples. And, 
you know, he told them, you stay here and I'm going to go pray. But, you know, he came back and they were what? They were sleeping. They didn't get it. They didn't understand. But during that time of prayer, as he went back and prayed again and again, we find that the scripture said that his sweat was like drops of blood. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of, he's feeling what? He wasn't just feeling the pressure of the cross coming to him. He was feeling the weight of our sin that he was going to have to take up on himself. The sins of the whole world. You know, when we read the account, even it tells us that at the moment he died on the cross, the sun and sky went black for the space of an hour. And this was at midday, no clouds. Everything went dark for the space of an hour. And, you know, I, used to, I, I, I like to imagine that during that hour, all the sin was being dumped onto him. Sins past, sins present, sins to come, all being dumped on him. As he's taking it on for us so that we could be forgiven. That was a dark hour. You know, even just prior to his death, you know, he cried out, My father, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, why hast thou forsaken me? And that was what? That was the Spirit of God had to leave that body. You know, in order for him to die. If, if the Spirit of God had stayed in that body, he would never die. But the Spirit of God had to leave that body in order for him to die. And that was the first time since his conception in a, the natural that he'd ever experienced the absence of the presence of God. And it wasn't that he was being forsaken. It was that sin was being forsaken. So that he could take it on for us. You know, I look at this that, that whole circumstance, what he did for us. But then it goes on to say after, you know, talking about our character... Amen. And character of this sort. No, wait, I want to do the whole fourth verse again. Amen. And it says, and endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character. See, he, he wants to make us mature, become a full age. Amen. So he wants to get us there. Maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. So we can stand on that. It's joyful. Amen. But you don't get there just because you came to the cross or to the altar and gave your life to God and everything is euphoric from that point on. No. You still got to get up and go live this life in a world, amen, where the scripture says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. Trouble comes to us all. But the thing that sets us apart, amen, is our relationship with God, the hope that lies within us, amen, so that we can hold on to something that's more tangible when it really comes down to it than the things of this world which will perish with the using. Got to hold on to him. Got to hold on to that faith. We got to hold on to what it is that God is doing for us, amen, so that we can overcome the temptations and the trials, amen. But the hope of salvation, just like Christ kept his eye, amen. And the scripture talks about how that he was obedient unto the cross amen. for the joy that was set before him. The joy and the hope that was set before him, rather. And that was you and me. That hope that one day we would hear the gospel. Yes. And the hope that we would accept the gospel. Yes. Amen. And give our lives to him that his sacrifice would not be in vain. Yes. And it's a hope. 
Because he can't make anybody accept him. We can't, he can't make us live a life according to his word and his will. He, you know, he, he's a God that is looking for us to be willing. Because it says, he that is willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Amen. And so we got to be willing. He's not going to force anybody, amen, to accept him. And, and you know, oftentimes as I think about how that Christ gave his life on the cross, just hoping that we would accept it. Hoping, and, and we know in the world that we live, many, many people reject him. They don't even want nothing to do with him. But those of us who do, let's hold on to that hope. Let's hold on to that opportunity that he gave us. And, and let's pass the word and tell somebody else about the hope. I mean, the thing that drives us and keeps us going was this, that resurrection that we can celebrate. They went back and they found an empty tomb. Because he got up. He got up for me and for you. Amen. And just looking at some examples real quick at different ones, amen, that, that because of who he was and the hope of his coming, period. Even before the crucifixion, just the hope of the coming of the Messiah, amen, they held on to their faith and they endured through things. They, they believed through circumstances. They believed the word of God, even though they had no, they had to go through situations and circumstances in their lives, amen, but yet they held on to the hope of the coming of a Messiah, amen, for their deliverance, amen. And we, you know, go to the 11th chapter of Hebrews, you know, as I say, you know, I call this the Hall of Fame, amen, because we recognize the, all those that are in it when you read through the entire chapter, amen, but we won't take the time to read through the entire chapter this morning, but we will, you know, I just want to pull out some of those heroes that it talks about, amen, I call them heroes, amen, because they stood on the word of God, they, had, they stood on their faith, they, they believed God through the circumstance that was presented to them. And it starts off, amen, in the first verse, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it, it being the hope, amen, being the faith, amen, holding on. He said, by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, they understood that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That takes faith. I mean, sometimes we don't see things that's happening in our life, in our circumstances, amen, but we got to just believe, amen, that it is. God has spoken it, amen. We stand on it, amen. It's not just what we see because what we see is not faith. Because if we can see it, we don't have to hope for it. It's already right there. The situation is already where we want it to be. But if we just hold on. The fourth verse says that by faith, Abel offered up unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained the witness that he was faithful. Now, Cain and Abel, the two first ones to come, and they, they, they bring their offerings before God. Amen. And Cain's offer, offering, amen, was not accepted, but Abel's was. And so Cain got angry at his brother, amen, because of the fact that his offering wasn't accepted. Why wasn't it accepted? Because he didn't give God his first. Abel gave the first, amen. He trusted God, knowing that if I give you the first, Lord, amen, you'll take care of the rest. But it's kind of like Abel said, well, I, I, I'll do what I got to do, and I'll give you the leftovers. You know, and, and so, so he, he didn't have the same favor with God, so he slew his brother. And, and we see, amen, his, his head, God testifying of his gift, and by it, he being dead, 
yet speaketh. His blood spoke from the grave. And the Lord came to, to, to Cain and said, where is your brother? The Lord already knew. Where is your brother? And y'all, many of us know what his response was. Am I my brother's keeper? Like, I don't know. I'm not his keeper. But he knew all the while. All the while, amen. But see, we want to be like Abel, even if it costs us something, especially when it costs us something, to stand on God's word, to put him first, amen, and to not be wavering in that area whatsoever. And then we look at another one in verse number five. By, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. That means he took him from this life to the next. Amen. He said, before, for before he was translated, he had this testimony. And watch this testimony. That he pleased God. Just that simple. That he pleased God. He honored God in his living he honored God. And, and it's not to say that he didn't go through things. Enoch had issues and troubles and problems, most likely like any other man. But because he pleased God in how he handled it, his faithfulness, his commitment to, to, to such a high degree. And, and it forces me to believe that Enoch probably went through things we can't even imagine. For God to just choose him to bring him out, amen. He didn't just choose him because everything was easy in his life. Because it's easy to serve God when everything is easy. It's easy to serve God when everything is going your way. It's in those tough times, in those challenging times, those times when we want to throw in the towel, those times when we want to give up, amen, when it looks greener on the other side, but yet we stay and we plow our own field. Those times, amen, is, is what God is looking at. And Enoch, please God. That's the kind of testimony I want to have. I want to look at me, and I believe you too, amen. But I want him to look at me and say, David pleased God, amen. Because not, not because I didn't go through nothing. I've been through a lot, and I, you know what? I know as long as I'm breathing, things can still come my way. But yet, to be able to say I went through it, I believed through it in a way that pleased God, that should be the testimony that we all are striving to. Amen. It says he believed God for he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. Stay diligent. No, I said I didn't say stay diligent. I said I know it might have sounded like that, right? But I said stay diligent. It's easy to say it. <laughs> but we got it, it takes more to stay diligent. Stay when it's hard, when you don't know the outcome, you don't know how it's going to work out, when you're feeling the pain and the hurt and the loneliness or whatever it might be, stay diligent to the word of God. This is what, he, this is what he's telling us here, man, because that's what Enoch did. Then we, then, we, then we look at Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Now, let's just take a look at this man for a minute. When Noah was commanded to build the ark by God, it had never rained on the earth. 
Never rained. Nobody had ever seen any rain. Scripture said only the dew came up from the earth. You know, that morning dew and watered the plants and watered the ground. But it had never rained. And God said, he didn't say just build a little small boat to go fishing in, but he said build an ark. This ark's huge. And he worked on that ark for 120 years. Can can you imagine how many people laughed at him, ridiculed him, thought he had lost his mind? This man done gone nuts. Building the ark on dry ground. You know, even, even, I would imagine, even Noah was wondering, how am I going to get this thing to water? Because it's so big. You know, and, and people are just laughing at him and think that he's lost it. He's building an ark in the middle of the woods on dry ground. And when he gets it finished, finally finished, he said, okay, Lord, now what? And the Lord said, now I want you to go and begin to fill it with animals. And he instructed him to go get two by two and some, you know, more. But he instructed him what to put in the ark. Now, um, this thing is big enough as it is. And now you want the animals to come? You want me to go get the animals? And put more weight on this thing that I can't get to water anyway? But he stood. He believes God through it because God, you, you must be up to something. How many times have, have we been going through something and doing what God told us to do, but we didn't, it did not make sense? This is the prime example in the word where everything God tells you to do is not going to make sense to the natural man. It's not going to make sense to natural science because even then, like I said, the scripture tells us it never rained. So he can't even imagine how this is going to work out. But he did everything God told him to do. And then finally God told him to take you and your sons and their wives and get in the ark. And it began to rain. It began to rain. And all those people who were laughing at him, you know, because this wasn't just a local flood. It was all around the globe. It's raining and the rain is not stopping and not to their knees and their thighs. And, all the way up on the hills, they can't get away from the flood that's coming. But wait a minute, there was this crazy man in the forest who built a big old boat. Let's go see Noah. But it was too late because once he got his family in there, the Lord shut it up and couldn't nobody else get in. And because he believed God through the ridicule, through the pain, through the embarrassment, through the laughter, through the shame, all those things, because he believed God, amen, he and his family were saved, and God used him going through it and believing through it to repopulate the planet. We just got to get to a place that we believe God through it. You don't know what God's doing. I don't know always what God's doing. None of us do. But if we would just believe him through the circumstance, believe that he already knows the end from the beginning, Amen. He knew the he knew the results that he desired on the other side of the cross. When Christ believed through all that pain for us, what are we willing to believe for, you know, on this side for him? He's calling us to that place, amen, to believe. And then, the, you know, we look at the last one I want to talk about, amen, is, is Abraham. When the Lord came to him, amen, and told him, Abraham, his name was Abram then, before it was changed to Abraham, meaning the father of many, it was just Abram. And he told him, he said, I want you to pack up 
and go to a land that you know not of. And Abram's like, okay. And this, again, he wasn't just, you know, him and his wife and a couple kids. He was a wealthy man. Amen. He had herds and land and servants and all these things, amen, that he was in command of. Saying, can you imagine, amen, I, I think about, you know, if I was to go to Pastor Linda's and come there and say, the Lord told us to pack up and move. And she'd be like, okay, where are we going? And I can imagine, you know, Abraham's response to Sarah. I don't know. The Lord just said, go. How many of us, you know, the women in here would think that would be all good? You know, I, I can tell, you know, if, if my brother Jamal over here came home to win and said, we, Lord said, just pack up and go. That would probably wouldn't go over very well. I'm like, okay, where are we going? I don't know. How are we going to get there? Who's going to pay for it? God. Can you just imagine, you know, I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall when he went home and told her, and not just her, but all his servants, we're leaving, we're going. Where are we going? Where are we going, Master? Where are we going? I don't know. Who wants to follow a leader who don't know where he's going? You know, if he's following God, I don't mind following him. As Paul said, follow me even also as I follow Christ. You know, so we look at that whole situation, but yet he believed God and he packed up and took everything with him. And God used him, amen, through the process of time. That's why we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's why we have, you know, the, the fathers of the faith, amen, because one man decided to believe God through it. Through the pain, through the, the uncertainty, I mean, as stories go on and on and on and on in Scripture of how many believed God when they didn't know how it was going to work out. Can you imagine God telling you to take your firstborn child that you waited for for 25 years and take him on the altar and sacrifice him? But he believed God all the way through it. Still talking about Abraham. He took Isaac up there and laid him on that altar and as soon as he, I mean, he built the the altar had the everything for the fire, the whole nine yards, and laid his son on the altar. And his son wasn't no child. He's the one that carried the wood up there right. for the altar. Right. And as soon as he raised his hand with the knife to slay him in obedience to God, God told him, don't harm the child. Because the next words out of God's mouth really always bless me. Because he said, now I know. He said, now I know that you won't withhold anything from me. He looks over and there's a ram in the bush. I got to stop. But see, we got to just believe God. Even when it sounds crazy. Believe God. Stand on his word. Trust him every step of the way. And watch God move. Man, come on my singers.
They say this mountain can be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. Yes. We've heard that there is no way through. Come on, fellas, We've heard the tide will never change. They haven't seen what you can do. Yeah. There is power in your name so much power in your name move the
it's done. It's done. His last words on the cross. It is finished. Christ had done all that he could do in the flesh as a human to make our salvation possible. His job was finished in the preparation for you and I. And now it's up to us to respond to the invitation to accept him as our Lord and Savior, amen, and to, to choose to live a life, amen, that what do we see in, in, the, in the word? Amen. With, with diligence unto the coming, amen, and the time when he takes us back home. So if you're here today and you haven't accepted him, amen, I, I invite you to come right now. And even for those that are online, amen, just to make that declaration that, Lord, I give my life to you. Find a church. Come join us if you're in the area. But we need to give our lives over to him and walk and live a life, amen, that's pleasing to him. And guess what? He's not expecting us to do it all in our own power and our own strength. He's given us his spirit. And he wants to come and abide with you and dwell in you, amen, to give you the strength to walk and live the life, amen, that exemplifies him so that we can be the light and the salt and draw others to him. Because he said, if he be lifted up, all men will be drawn unto him. But we got to believe him through it. The, the song says we believe for it. And we believe for a lot of different things. But in order to get those things, we got to believe through something. In order to get a graduate degree, you gotta, you gotta get through college. Huh? Hello. Amen. In order to deliver that baby, you gotta get through nine months. Hallelujah. See, we 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 believe for it, but it takes something to get to that place. And that's what he's asking us: Will you believe me through this life that I can give you something far, far, far greater? Amen. If not, you know. Don't wait too long Thank you, God. to give him your all because that's what he's asking us for. I want to pray and then we're going to have Larry. He's going to come and we're going to take up our offering and have our announcements. Amen. But I just want to pray real, real quick. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, Lord, for, for the gift that you've made available to each and every one of us, the gift of salvation. And Lord, we see the power of Christ through the cross, through the resurrection. Lord, that he took the sting out of death, hell, and the grave. Lord, that we might be set free, God, that we may be delivered from those things, that we may be in a position, God, to, to spend eternity with you, ruling and reigning in a new heaven and a new earth. That's your desire. That's your, your will for each and every one of us. Help us to accept it, God, and to, and to walk in it. Lord, I pray for anyone that does not know you or anyone that's not given their lives completely over to you. Lord, that they would grab hold of you this day with diligence and never let go to receive the blessings on this side and in the life to come that you have for us. Even as we navigate through the troubles of this life, you said you would never leave us or forsake us. That's a great blessing in and of itself. So we ask you, to have your way in this place in each and every one under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen.